The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and WadenaRadio.com. It is the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, February 26th. I'm CJ Baumgartner, Corey Tackman right next to me on the screen. And Corey, here we go. It's the busy week, or at least week one of the busy time, because happy state wrestling week to all of those who observe. It will begin on Thursday. We got coverage of the team wrestling action with Bertha Hewitt, Verndale, Parker's Prairie, the two-seeded Staples, Motley, and United North Central. Kyle and Dan will be down at the XL Energy Center for all of the coverage, and not only that, but also the plethora of individuals who reached the state uh, wrestling tournament and we'll have action of that as well. Also the girls who reached the state wrestling tournament will have coverage of that as well. Uh, It's going to be a full week uh, of state wrestling, Corey. And not only that, we are going to get you ready for state wrestling and the tournament coming up. We have a special little preview episode that we are getting ready in the works. That's going to drop sometime tomorrow. That in the business is what we call a tease. Ooh, very exciting. Yeah, opportunities to uh, chat with uh, everybody around those three wrestling programs that you mentioned and we'll talk about their seasons, get a little insight on the year and and and, and uh, what they're looking forward to with the state tournament run. Um, it's going to be fun. Details, by the way, of our broadcast schedule for Thursday anyway and the team event are up at wadinaradio.com. You can see the breakdown of the day. It should be mentioned Friday stuff is not up there yet, but um, the class A, they rotate every single year. Some, you know, they go A, double A, triple A, and then the next year they'll do double A, triple A, single A. And then the next year it's triple A, single A, double A, and, and they rotate through that way. Single A and the individual side of things begins each session on Friday. So that single A coverage is going to start right away at nine o'clock. Saturday. Um, and then I think session number two is like a two o'clock start time. So uh, we're ready. We're ready. Dan and, and Kyle are ready. We're going to be ready up here. And uh, this is what it's all about this week. This is what it's all about. It's going to be a lot of fun. State wrestling tournament, Corey, probably one of our most listened to, if not the most listened to sports broadcast of the year. Would you say that's accurate? Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's a beloved broadcast every single season. Awesome. Uh, the thing was, and uh, I think Mike Danvers would always say this when he was around is there's always one kid in every town that's in the state wrestling tournament. And that's why I think it just helps out. Everybody from everywhere wants to listen in. And even if you don't know anybody who's in the tournament, you know that somebody, you know, wrestled that other kid and you want to see how good that kid is. It's just the wrestling community is very passionate and that's a broadcast. They all collectively get up if they're not going down to the tournament themselves they tune in for and listen to all weekend 101.7 FM AM 920 KWAD and online anytime, anywhere, any place at wadinaradio.com slash KWAD for that coverage there. Uh, not only that, Corey, that would be busy in and of itself. Uh, what also makes this week busy is it's the last weekend. It's the last week of regular season boys basketball. There's still a lot of dominoes that need to fall in the QRF and where the sections are going to be officially seated. But they they're going to be busy. And not only that girls basketball is going to start section play tonight in certain brackets with pigtail games yesterday afternoon, the QRF was officially seated and teams were placed. And here we go. Girls section basketball tournaments are up and running starting tonight. 
Yeah, there's pigtail games being played in Section 5A and Section 6A this evening. We take a look at the 5A brackets tonight. It is St. John's Prep at Maple Lake and the 5A East subsection. In the 5A West subsection, Laporte is at Long Prairie Gray Eagle. Some teams around the area and their seedings that are worth mentioning. Verndale is the two seed. They'll host Browerville Eagle Valley. Um uh, Bertha Hewitt is the four seed. They'll host uh, the five seeded Sabika. Uh, we, Walker Hackensack Akeley is the one seed on that side. They await that Long Prairie Gray Eagle or Laporte winner. And then um, uh, Nevis is a three seed. Pine River Bacchus the six seed. So that's the uh, that's the five A bracket. Very quickly in the six A bracket, and we just take a look at um, the pigtail games happening tonight. But then also some area teams that are that are worth mentioning. Henning is hosting Lake Park Audubon tonight in the 6A tournament. Battle Lake is on the road at Norman County East Ule and Hitterdahl in those pigtail games. Ashby is hosting Parker's Prairie this evening on the uh, on the 6A pigtail games. Some other seedings worth mentioning. New York Mills is a five seed. They'll head to Ada Borup West. Underwood gets the two seed. They await the winner of that Battle Lake and uh, uh, the Battlers and the Titans, and anyone else on the uh, uh, south side of that subsection that's worth mentioning. No, uh, moving on to then six double A girls basketball, and around the uh, region. Let's see if we have any. But this is one of those CJ. Every single year, I am I get reminded of who got moved sections this year. <laughs> Yeah, and and because sometimes we don't have anybody in in six double A, and we don't have and we have everybody in seven double A, or we don't have anybody in seven. This year we don't have anybody in six double A. That's like immediately around the region. So we moved to seven double A. Pequot Lakes is the top seed. Um, they seed one through everybody. Uh, yep. in in that section, Pequot Lakes gets a top seed. Staples Motley. Uh, I should mention Pequot Lakes will play two harbors. Staples Motley is a 13 seed. They will travel to number four Proctor. These games, by the way, begin on Thursday. And then uh, Pillager is a 14 seed. They go to Duluth Marshall. Crosby Ironton, a two seed, gets Aiken. In the eight double A bracket, again, they start play on Thursday as well. We're going to have a lot of area teams in this one that are Better worth running through. Perham's the top seed. They get an opening round by Park Rapids area. The eight seed will host the nine seed Wadena Deer Creek. Um, Benaga's the three seed. They get the 14 seed War Road. Frazee's number seven. They get DGF. And Pelican Rapids, the two seed, gets an opening round by. I want to very quickly look at 8-3A and 8-4A and uh, just recognize, again, these area teams that are are hopping to it here tonight. As a matter of fact, the 8-3A tournament, well, that gets going on Thursday. Detroit Lakes, a four-seed, hosting the five-seed Little Falls. Alexandria, the one-seed on that side. Fergus Falls is the two-seed, will host St. Cloud, uh, the St. Cloud Crush. And in the 8-4A bracket, finally, I believe 8-4A gets underway tonight as well. They're always like a day early. Yeah, Bemidji's the eight-seed. They host the nine-seed Rogers. And then on the other side of the bracket, Brainerd is the three seed. Will host Sock Rapids Rice. So uh, that's all happening here now this week with the uh, girls basketball tournament, the section tournament you mentioned. Uh, in a week, we're going to be doing it again with the with the boys. So um, 
uh, state wrestling, section girls basketball, boys section basketball. Uh, there's some overlap that happens here that is chaotic, and we're in it. It's chaotic, and that's that's the fun part. You know, there's no specific team that I root for in these in a lot of these section tournaments and in these section tournaments. And, you know, uh, I always root for, in a sense, chaos of like in a good way of like, which team is going to come out of nowhere? And Wadena Deer Creek girls might be the example last year. Which team's going to come out of nowhere? And you go, whoa, hey, this is really fun. How far can they go? Right. You know what I mean? It's the fun part of these section playoffs. Or is there a team that, you know, you just heard things about all year long, you know, and it's like, okay, here we go. Here's, here's the chance. Like, are we going to get to see them kind of go on this run? Maybe the Purim girls are in that kind of mix of like their favorite all season long. Here we go. Can they uh, match it up? And it's really fun. It's really fun to get to see a lot of this stuff. And sometimes you have the, some of these sections that are wide open. Sometimes you have sections where it's like, okay, here's where the two teams that are like 95% going to be playing in the subsection game. And we got to get through a couple games to get there. But once we get to that game, it's going to be amazing. And uh, you know, it's just the fun part of section play. And I, I'm so ready. Playoff games Regular season games are fun. There are vibes in there, but playoff games, Corey, there's just, even if it's a four or five matchup in two teams who had nice seasons, but realistically like aren't going to touch the state tournament. Like they're still like, there's energy in the gym. It's uh, palpable. You could cut it with a knife. You could insert cliche here. I mean, it's, it's just such a different tone. Everybody kind of turns that switch on for the playoffs and it's really, really fun. Bring on the pep bands, bring on the best basketball uh, and and other competitions that we're going to see all year. Um, right. You know, you mentioned like, you know, those four or five matchups, they're competing against each other because they are so close. Those are good. Those are great games every single year. The best basketball games that happen in the state every single year, bar none, are the subsection and section championship games. And that that is includes oftentimes what is happening at the state tournament. Subsection championships, section championships are nuts. They're nuts. They're in, you know, it's going to the Target Center, going to Williams Arena. It's cool. Um, we cover small town basketball. No one is there is going to fill up all of the Target Center or all of Williams Arena. But you know what you can fill up? You can fill up all of Morris. And, or make Concordia really loud, or make Perm really loud, or Wadena Deer Creek really loud. And and those gyms are, uh, uh, it's going to be fun. It's fun. It, and the other thing is, too, is like, you know, and I used the 4-5 or five game as an example. I remember one of my first boys basketball playoff games I called. It was Verndale, Uppsala, and Verndale. It was a 4-5 or five matchup. And those two teams played each other in the regular season. They already knew each other, but it's playoffs and you're throwing the, it's each team throwing the kitchen sink at each other, trying to like, you know, every, everybody kind of lays it all out on the line. Seniors are like, this could be my last game. Can, you know, they're not fighting to get, like we talked about, a lot of these teams aren't fighting to get to the state tournament, but you know what they are fighting for? They're fighting to play one more game. Can I get one more game in high school basketball? Is this it for me? I don't want this to be my last game. You know, what can happen with that? So that part's always really fun too, to get to see these teams kind of put it all out on the line. And again, it just comes into that extra atmosphere. The coaches feel it. Everybody feels it. There's no like, 
okay, well, we have an extra game later this week, so we're trying to make sure that we keep guys resting. It's, no, we are going all out to win this game in front of us. And it's it's awesome. It's really, really fun. And one last thing uh, while we're on this topic, Corey, shout out to Section uh, 6A. Uh, no, 7A, I think. Whichever one has all the teams from the Northeast, uh, 7A, or 7AA, excuse me, uh, for having just great mascots. Uh, the Proctor Rails, the Two Harbors Agates, the Duluth Marshall Hilltoppers. Um, shout out to those guys for just being really, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people who are going to copy their mascots. Uh, they're uh, um, uh, geographically relevant, which is all, and and not g- general. Right. God bless the Wildcats. Eh. There's plenty of Wildcats around. Now I'm trying to think, did I make somebody mad? Uh, be mad around the immediate area. Who's the Wildcats? Is Laporte is Laporte the Wildcats? Well, my apologies to Laporte. I uh, um I don't know. Well, yeah, whatever. Like whatever. I, I like those specific. Love those specific. Um, Northwestern University names. in Chicago is very upset at you right now. They can shove it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that wraps up kind of that coverage. Uh, a couple other news and notes, Corey, In we'll go flip back to boys basketball here. Uh, on Thursday night, Christian Berg of the Sabika Trojans uh, scored his 1,000th point of his Sabika basketball career. It happened Thursday night against Browerville Eagle Valley and Clarissa. Uh, he ended up scoring 25 points. Uh, Berg did to get his 1,000th point, made a three-point shot early in the second half. Uh, the Tigers came away with the win uh, and in a you know, big kind of turning point in Section 5A to kind of help solidify some seeding. But, you know, it's always a cool moment for those kids to get that 1,000-point milestone. And congratulations to uh, Christian Berg of Sabika on that. Uh, another news and note of local boys basketball in the Park Region Conference, um, official from Wadena Deer Creek schools on Thursday afternoon. Um, they have two of their seniors, Teshi Lore and Peyton church on the boys basketball team, sign their national letters of intent, uh, committing to play basketball at Minnesota state community and technical college, otherwise known as M state in Fergus falls under first year head coach, Dave Cressip. So there you go. Uh, we've talked about a thousand point scores on the sports desk. We've talked about people making their college commitments. And as always, congratulations to everyone involved. One more, if I can really quickly, uh, Bodie Burtonen of Monaga scored his 1000th career point uh, a couple nights ago uh, uh, when they played Staples Motley. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to see Bodie play this year. I know you've seen him a couple times. He when really that dude's went nuts. He I know he shot. He went nuts in that first game, I remember, uh, uh, that you called. And anyway, he got to 1,000 as well. So uh, congratulations on another milestone that is very worth recognizing. Well, and the thing for Bodie, too, is what makes him a nice player is the fact that he's big enough to go down in the post and post you up and put a move on and, you know what I mean, just play a little bit of bully ball down in the post. And also... He's a good ball handler and he can shoot from beyond the arc. And he just is a very dual threat player. He's been a very nice player for Monaga this season. So congratulations to him. <laughs> couldn't, have said it, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, so last thing here before I know that there's one thing you want to mention, Corey, uh, is that uh, 
the Minnesota Twins have begun their spring training games. It's underway. We've talked about the payroll and the offseason and limited kind of roster moves and whatever. The Twins probably have one more roster move left, realistically speaking. Uh, how much money that is, we're kind of unclear on. The Twins are in the mix, though, to potentially sign uh, Enrique Hernandez, otherwise known as Kiki Hernandez. He played for the Dodgers. Uh, for his career, and also had a brief stint with the Boston Red Sox before uh, getting traded back to the Dodgers. He's now a free agent. There are four different teams in the mix, according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, and he basically said the Twins are one of those teams. It's like the Angels are in the mix. I think maybe the Red Sox are back in the mix. I think there's one other team. Uh, basically, uh, that's, uh, that could be the final roster move. The basic thing about Enrique Hernandez is he's kind of a super utility guy. He can play every position on the field, how well, you know, certain positions are better than others. Basically, this would be like a, you know, I want Michael A. Taylor and it's, we have Michael A. Taylor at home. And then you sign Enrique Hernandez. It's kind of like a, a step below Michael A. Taylor in terms of his fielding. And, you know, maybe overall hitting just kind of where they're both at in their careers, uh, but also somebody who gives you that Buxton insurance policy. Yeah, I mean, this this is uh, it, the reason it's even kind of be, kind of noteworthy is that it's because it's a guy people have heard of. This is no this is no different than the Twins signing Carlos Santana. They're just guys are, like a Donovan Solano kind of thing. Guys are signing all over the place with a lot of different teams who are just looking for another chance to have one more good season and hopefully earn a, another contract to get them another couple of years after that. It's the same. This we were saying the same thing about Michael A. Taylor a year ago. Basically, I think I think Taylor had a little more pizzazz behind his name because he's a Gold Glove winner, but he was basically a zero on offense coming in, and then he turned into what he turned into for the Twins and had a really nice offensive season for a nine hitter. Uh, to go along with it. I, this is not like, it's fun because it's a name, but like if the twins get him, it's probably not the reason the twins win the world series. If the twins don't get him, it's not the reason they don't win the world series. It's just right. going to be a dude on the roster to do some things that you need guys to do. Well, you know, I right. know that's way overstating it, but if he ends up being a twin, Cool, man. Welcome aboard. If not, I am whatever. We'll, I'll forget this conversation ever happened. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of one of those moves where it's like, yeah, you know, like he's there. He's a guy. He can, you know, he can, he'll fill in, you know, if Buxton needs to sit for, for a few days, you know, he can play center field multiple, you can play center field for a couple weeks, you know, if you really need him to, uh, if Austin Martin isn't quite ready to be a big leaguer yet. Uh, but the thing I'll say is, you know, I wrote a piece for a Twins blog I write for about Michael A. Taylor of like, Taylor had a great season, but like the guy hit nine home runs a year before he hit 21 in 2023. It's going to be closer to nine probably than 21 in 2024. He struck, he had struck out a lot. The walk rate wasn't bad, but you know, it wasn't quite his career average. The point was, is that like, you know, bringing in Michael A. Taylor is kind of the same thing. It's not going to propel you but it's also like having him on the team helps. And that's the other thing of like uh, where the twins are at right now is I kind of want to see what Austin Martin can do because it's not like Austin Martin is a 21 year old prospect. He was drafted out of college. He was a Vandy boy. Like he's not some super young. It's not Roy Royce Lewis getting called up at 22. He's like in his, you know, he's closer to 25 than 21. So it's time to start to see what he can do 
and earn an opportunity there. And you have Willie Castro who can play center field if need be. So there are a couple insurance policies in place. Uh, that being said, the thing about Derek Falvey and the thing that he's not like Terry Ryan was the twins give you X amount of dollars to spend. And Derek Falvey will spend almost up to the penny how much the twins allow him to spend. Whereas like Terry Ryan would almost take solace in the fact that I put my roster together $10 million under what the twins gave me. You know what I mean? Which for a while it worked, but it worked when you had Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau, Torrey Hunter, and and some of those guys and Johan Santana in your lineup when you're the 2013 twins. And it's like, well, maybe a veteran infielder would have been kind of nice. Uh, you know, other things to the equation, but the twins, I think have one more move left in them, whether it's the sign Adam Duvall, Tommy Pham, Michael A. Taylor, or Enrique Hernandez. I'm not opposed to it, but at the same time, I am ready to start to see some of these other guys get a chance. And what you don't want to have happen is like Joey Gallo last year, where you have a veteran who you brought in on like, this guy can maybe be a bounce back and he stinks, but you don't want to cut him because you want to keep your appearance up for other teams of like, of other free agents of, you know, we're not going to just cut bait on you if you do have a poor stretch. So you end up playing a veteran over a younger guy who's obviously a better player at that point in their career. So basically well, I, I think it's like what you said, Corey, if they sign him cool, if not, man, I think what's important to remember here is everybody needs a nine hitter and yeah. anybody who we're considering here is a nine hitter. Like that's, that's where they're going to notch into the roster whenever they get that opportunity to play. Um, Maybe in a Joey Gallo situation, he's somebody you want to inject into the middle of your order just in case. The point is, is, is nine hitters are replaceable on every roster, on every team, even a team that wins the World Series. So if he, if one of these guys is signed and is a nine hitter, you know what he also is? He's trade bait at the trade deadline because one of your young guys is ready now to take that leap. We, you know, you just weren't sure yet. There's stupid arbitration rules and things that come into play. Um, maybe this Austin Martin is going to be is going to be ready come, um, you know, September September call ups, and he'll be called back and forth. I'm sure quite a bit during the season, and maybe he is your utility outfielder come playoff time. In the meantime, if it needs to be Kiki Hernandez, cool. Like it's just right. it's just, this is a holding spot. Every team does it. Every team has these guys. You're going to watch baseball all summer long, and you're going to look up and go, oh, I didn't know that's where he was now. That's just how – like the, the Twins already have one. They already have – Carlos Santana's that guy. Like, oh, right. people are going to turn on the Twins this year and be like, oh, Santana's with the Twins? That's weird. And right. it might and it might be weird all season long. But it's, every team's got these guys. They're placeholders. Uh, Corey, you had a ballpark question that you wanted to throw out on today's episode? So apparently USA Today is doing like a, a like a reader's choice to vote on um, the best baseball stadiums, the best major league baseball stadiums. Sure. I'm wondering in your life, what stadiums have you been to and where you would how you would rank the stadiums you've been to? So I've been to two. Uh, okay. The Metrodome and Target Field. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> that, that's it. I haven't been to, I've been close to Coors Field a couple times. I really wish I would have been able to go to a game at Coors Field. Never been able to. I've always heard Kansas City is a cool one to like stop into. It's not a far yep. drive from Minnesota, especially if you right. live in Southern Minnesota, just to go straight down and come back up. It's like a weekend trip. Um, I have never been to 
uh, a different major league baseball stadium, which sounds really weird. I've been to more spring training stadiums. I've been to the blue Jays spring training facility. I went to the Disney's wide world of sports complex when the Atlanta Braves had their spring training uh, there. I saw them play a game there. And then I went to Fort Myers. So I've been to more uh, spring training facilities than I have been to major league baseball stadiums. But yeah, the Metrodome and target field are my two. Uh, And you would rank them how? (laughs) <laughs> target field number one oh, okay. uh, metrodome number two if i'm just going like nostalgia uh right. but but target but really, field is a much better baseball ballpark and one of the best ballparks in the country I but know. really hammond stadium number two yeah and then metrodome three um yeah. uh i it's this is a really fun this is really fun i love target field i think target field is is a really it's definitely great place top five to watch a game i've been lucky enough to have been to a few uh in my lifetime um Kauffman Stadium's great. It's been renovated. I think they're renovating it again. They want to build um, another stadium, I think. They want to build another one. Uh, but Kauffman's really cool. I've been to Miller Park, or it's not Miller Park anymore, whatever Milwaukee is. Miller Park, basically. Um, I've been there. That one's cool for different reasons. Uh, I've been to both Chicago stadiums. Um, Wrigley's really neat. It's not that like accommodating. It's an old school baseball. So there's not you're pretty tight. But you it's cool because yeah. you're at Wrigley. I've been to uh, the uh, Yankee Stadium, uh, the original, which is really cool. Again, not much happening there, um, but you're just right on top of everything. In that, and you know, and you look down and you're like, "Holy crap, that's Babe Ruth's spot right there!" You know, that, that kind of stuff is really neat. Um, Shea Stadium, when that was when that was a place, I haven't been to any of those updated ones. Bush Stadium, um, I think this one is Bush Three. Bush number three, I've been yeah. to, uh, I've been to Bush number one. I saw Mark McGuire hit a home run during Mark McGuire's heyday in Bush Stadium. That was pretty cool. Um, Target Field's right up there, man. And uh, I mean, I would probably put it at number one, probably because of my homerism, but also it's just a really great place to to watch a game. As a tangent to this, I don't have like a huge desire to ever have like a, a man cave. That's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little, yeah. uncom- I'm a little uncomfortable with the term even, but I always thought it would be cool. If I were to have a man cave, what I want is a display of hats from all the stadiums I've ever been to. I always thought right. that would be really neat. And then it'd be, you know, then it would just be cool motivation to be able to get to some of them. Mm-hmm. In which case, let me say, let this be your motivation to get to some of these stadiums because they're awesome. You got to right. go once a summer, just pick a new one. Go check it out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not this summer. <laughs> Sorry, honey. We can't go to Florida. Uh, we can't go to, you can't do a, a Florida trip this year unless we are going to Miami and only so we can watch the Miami Marlins play baseball. Uh, I would and, love to go to that stadium. And I don't want to go for like a regular season Miami Marlins game. I want to go for like one of those international games they do because that stadium is way more, that stadium gets packed for those games more than it does for uh, more than it does for actual Marlins. Be games. awesome. That would be which, awesome. Which is an indictment on the Marlins ownership for how bad they are building a fan base in a city that loves baseball. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it uh, anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to do that. I, I really would like that's always you have a, a bucket list, a bucket list field. Uh, Camden yards is definitely on there uh, to go to Camden and Fenway to me. Uh, Wrigley field. 
probably and Fenway. You know, here's the thing. My wife has been to more major league baseball ballparks than I've been. She's been to Fenway and target field and the Metro. Well, so tell her quit got... being so selfish and start, start making some <laughs> baseball trips here. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Let's get this thing going here. Uh, anyway. So yeah, that's uh, like probably, probably that I have no like interest to go to, to like Yankee stadium or city field. Not because I like, you know, whatever. I've been to New York before, but I, you know, new Yankee stadium. It's not the old one. There's not the history there. It's just kind of like, it is what it is. Um, I think going to St. Louis would be fun just because St. Louis is a baseball city. So kind of seeing how they get around and, and get up for their guys. I think like if I'd ever go out to California, like on a West coast trip, I think like, uh, it's something to Oracle park, whatever it is. San Francisco's ballpark is really good. Chavez ravine, uh, is a good one. Um, like there's one for me too. Yeah, it's basically like the classic kind of stadiums, just to say that I've been there. I'd love to do it. Like my family's always like bucket list talked about like doing a road trip or like the twins are going like on an East Coast road trip. So let's drive to like Philadelphia, then let's drive to Baltimore. And then, you know what I mean? Like take mm-hmm. a week and just kind of follow them. That'd be fun. I've probably unrealistic at this point in all of our lives, but that'd be like a fun thing to to dream about. I, I'd love doing something like that. Uh, the only other one that I will never get to see that I wanted to because I thought it looked cool on TV was the Rangers, the oh, ballpark yeah. in Arlington. It's they got a new one, right? That new yep. a new field there, so a new not, retractable rough one. Yeah. So I'm never gonna get to see that. I always thought that one looked sweet on TV. Well, here's the thing: you can because they updated it to be a football stadium. So when like the XFL and the USFL started having games, they rendered it to be a football stadium, so it can still have some use. So there you go. I want to watch a baseball game. <laughs> well, you see, the problem was, is you could watch a baseball game there, but in July, nobody wanted to be there because you sat in the Texas sun at 102 oh, degrees. I would have never gone. I would have never go picked a July game. game. Exactly. You go to April and September. Those are the two. Right. <laughs> this has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, February 26th. The Morning Sports Desk, available on demand on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and WadenaRadio.com.